0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season, and we want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans, and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us, and we're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our shows as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. FansofPhilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles and take over every stadium that we are in this season. FansofPhilly.com. Promo code BGN. squad.
1: Next level. BGN Radio, let's just go. Welcome to the next level. The Crim de la creme. Ron Davenport. Barrett Brooks linked with BGN. Next level boys breaking down the game. of the podcast. out, but they not the same. TD the fly one. peep the suits and the wingtips. Honest opinions from the Gibsons to the winces. I'm left-handed. Barrett Brooks got my blind side. Super Bowl winner. See the game from a champ size. Route concepts down. The techniques in the trenches. You want to learn football? And tune in and listen. BGN Radio, Next Level Podcast. You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that. From senior bowl workouts to the draft, down to training camp, breakdowns of all 22. they the best at that. Special insights, giving sight to the blind. So sit down, push play it when they done. Rewind, next level. Next, next, level, next
2: level. Yes, yes. Once again, The Next Level Podcast. We are back in studio.
3: And were, you, were you taking them again?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, we're going up the stairs. We got Vince Quinn in, in, in the room, too, so I'm going to give him a special. We're going up up to the up for
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yes, sir. I'm him court here with Barrett Brooks, Vince Quinn in studio. And it's time to talk Eagles once again. It's always good to have the opportunity to talk some shop, so I, I think really because we got the opportunity to talk to the coaches today the the coordinators that is coach Schwartz coach Grow I want to kind of kick the show off with with coach Grow and just some of the things that he said about this offense, and one of the things that stood out to me was just how he said that this is going to be a collaborative effort. He insisted that it's not his offense, it's not micro offense, it is still going to be the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and they want to leave things open for everyone to have the opportunity to have that input when it comes to play install and just
3: – going over the game plan. What, what are your thoughts when you hear something like that? I believe that's what it's going to be, you know, and I also think that Deuce is going to be a little more involved than we're, we're really talking about. And you look at, you know, Coach Groh. I mean, does he have that 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 ability to really get Coach to listen? You know, I want to see what that dynamic comes, you know, because he, he hasn't been a coordinator since he left Virginia, mm, University of Virginia. Yeah. So coming from being where the receivers are in the receivers room, you would think that – he'd be a pass-happy guy. We all know last year we had somebody that was officer coordinator that would be that voice of reason for, you know, coach making sure he runs the rock. So now that we don't have that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, where does he fit in? I mean, does he is he more of a run guy? You know, because from personal experience, you know, I've been through coaching changes where, you know, I've had Ken Wisenhunt, and Ken Wisenhunt was a pass-happy guy. He wanted to get the ball out. He wanted to throw as much as he could. But then Bruce Arian comes in, and he wanted to run the Rock. So that's when we won the Super Bowl. So those are two dynamics that, you know, kind of different, you know, because more two tight end, more three tight end, running the Rock, bunch formations, things that would kind of help us as, as an offensive line because you have a tight end in, two running backs in maybe, or three running backs, and, you know, we use that in the passing game to really soften up defenses. You know, I want to see what the mindset of a Coach Roy is. You know, he has some really good receivers, you know, and, and I wouldn't be opposed to them really opening it up simply because you got Mike Wallace on the outside. Mm-hmm. You got Alshon Jeffrey on the other side. Then you got one of the best slot receivers I feel is going to be next year and your son, you know, <laughs> man. My son. yeah, <laughs> So, you know, I mean, 13, man, you know, he, he – he has the ability to come in and really have a strong, and I think he's have a strong year, number one, because it's a contract year. And and, and, and Nelson understands that it's a contract year. So because of that, I think he's going to make sure that he comes with his A game this year and show how, how explosive he is. Nelson Aguilar is a very, very good receiver in the slot. But then also, you know, you got a guy like Zach Ertz in the middle of the mm-hmm. field, who can control in between the hashes? So I wouldn't be opposed to them running on a rock. You know, I just don't know who in that who in that in that in that running back room you would hit your wagon to. So I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that you know. I can't wait till the season comes. I Can't wait till training camp comes. And I see what's going on, see what direction they're going in.
2: Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Frank Reich and, and how he was that voice of reason for finding that balance on offense. Every week he would come out and he would talk about, you know, punching somebody in the mouth. And the ultimate way to do that is to allow your your big guys up front to dig in and, and you hand the ball off and let them clear it away. And that's, that's what they did a lot of times. And when they dedicated to running the football, they were very difficult to stop, and I think that's something that, that helped them, even going against someone like the Patriots who like to take away what you do well. Well, when you have an offense that does everything well, it's a lot harder to stop pick that your poison. offense. Yeah, pick exactly. your poison. Exactly, and that's the, the element that they put them in. Now, one of the things with, with Gro that, that he said that really uh, stood out to me was about how he wanted to make sure the offense was multiple. And he mentioned, obviously, doing that through personnel. And you mentioned the the 12 personnel and even using the three tight end sets. That's something that I think will actually play into their favor. Exactly. Because when you have a guy who's getting much better at blocking than Zach Ertz. I mean, he's a legitimate
0: all-around tight end. Yes, exactly.
2: And when you have that, you could play off of that. And then when teams start to get – into their big packages, you know, bring the, go heavy on linebackers, and, and you know, get out of their nickel defense. And now, now you have a situation where a you can walk backer. them out, right? A linebacker on him, a observed. linebacker, and then a linebacker on the other side on, on Goddard. Yes, you, you know. So there's good matchups for them. We'll see what happens with the the third uh, tight end, whether it's Billy Brown or or um, you like uh, Richard to Billy Brown, don't you? I like Billy Brown, but he had a tough day of practice, and in, in the second uh, day that we got to see, so there's something going on. I want to talk to him a little bit just to kind of figure out how he's coming along. I didn't get to talk to him in the locker room when when they they were available to us, but there's something going on. You could tell that he's just he's not right today. Mental, uh, what is it,
3: uh mental gymnastics. It, yeah, I think it's something along you know, those lines. So it's a different from playing when you're in college receiver. Yeah. than being in that box with them big boys and understanding, you know, you're not a receiver anymore. You are going to be challenged to run the rock and run block somebody and also be in that middle where there's going to be a lot of bodies in there and focusing on catching the rock, you know. And, and, and the thing is,
2: he seemed to make that adjustment last year, right? Yeah. So yeah. you kind of expected that to be something that's just – pushed aside and, and no longer an issue. So we'll see what happens with that as things continue to develop there. But getting back with these, these coordinators and uh, Mike grow. and you mentioned the receivers, you mentioned the running backs, and I, I think when you brought up Deuce Staley as a guy who's going to have an influence, he and Jeff Stoutland, those are going to be the, the run game coordinators, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to have to mix that in. And obviously, uh, grow talked a little bit about the RPOs, and that's something that they'll continue to use to try to stay ahead of the defense. So definitely a good opportunity to talk to Mike Gro today about the focus on situational football. He said they're going to continue to work to be – very well prepared there so that way they could take advantage of those situations and continue to have that efficiency in the red zone, efficiency on third downs. That's now, what I want to say, yeah, the red yeah. zone especially. It, well, and, and that's something they showed in practice. Zach Ertz is going to continue to be an option in the red zone. They're doing a lot with him to try to get him to football, and that's a good thing to see. And in addition to that, Donnell Pumphrey is a guy that they're, they're using a lot of swing routes and angle routes to try to get him the ball. Even Wendell Smallwood got to, got to run a wheel route, and, and Sudfield had a nice little drop shot, and he caught it in the end zone past Nick Nate, Nate Jerry. So good things to, to come from the offense, but flipping it over to the defense, and we look at Jim Schwartz. What does he love in players, right? He loves a competitive spirit. No question. And another thing that that is really coming to play and was kind of the theme of his press conference was versatility, having guys that could do multiple things. And that's
3: been his thing too, yeah.
2: Exactly, and that's why he likes a guy like Malcolm Jenkins so much, who he brought up. But another guy that he brought up, and we touched on him last week, and I think we really need to touch on him this week because people are starting to come on to him because he had another good practice one, one media availability uh, for, for practice, and that's Devontae Bosby. And you actually saw him, and last week we, we said, hey, Bosby's going to get a shot working inside in that nickel package. Well, in this practice, that's what you saw. And he was working with the first team in the nickel. So when you look at a guy like Bosby that's a fringe roster player, how important is it for him to be able to show that versatility that he could,
3: in effect, Give you two spots because I know that's something that that's yeah, personal definitely. to you. You know, you know, if you look at it, you know, he, that hybrid type of player who can play over the top and can play in the box is, is is what you're looking for. And when you have a guy like that, you you really don't know um, if he can make the team or not because he's because he's because he's he's young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he barely made the squad. If it wasn't for the you know a guy getting hurt, he wouldn't be on the squad. And I, I I like the fact that, you know they're giving him a shot going out there. You know what he was like undrafted, right? Undrafted out of Pittsburgh State, a Division two player, a Division two player, yeah. and goes in you know virtually just a practice guy as a body for for rookie minicamp, and, and makes it happen. It gets invited back. I like him, man. I I, I think that he's a guy that can come in and, and really make a, a a special teams difference. But that versatility that's all that's all they want is versatility. That's all they want is versatility because he's a little bigger than what you say, a, a corner, mm-hmm. but he's not as big as a safety. And yeah. if you can be that blend type of player, you could find yourself on the field a lot more. He could take the place of of, of Corey, you know, as his departure, you know. He could be that player that can come in and, 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 and be a, a utility tool. And that's why I played for for 12 years, you know, the latter part of my career, my last five years of my career, I played every position on the offensive line, and that was like a commodity, not because I was a starter. I wasn't a starter. But with me, they could dress one offensive lineman, and usually you dress three offensive line. You usually dress a center or two else like A center and a guy that plays guard and tackle or a tackle and a guy that plays center and guard. And with me, they just dress me. That means you could have another linebacker up as opposed to or another receiver up as opposed to having another lineman. So I play center. Guard and tackle on both sides, which really helped them as far as injury type situations or situations where they needed a guy to come in and, and play an extra. Mm-hmm. And 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 because I could play all of them, it really gave me longevity in the league because yeah. of that. Because I knew how to be a center, I knew how to call the deep call the defense. I find out where the Mike linebacker is. I look at the cover two shell, find the two safeties. I have to find the safeties. I look for the Sam, Mike, and Will. Called out the Mike linebacker, knowing that they could trust me in doing that. Mm-hmm. And when you build a coach's trust, and he has the ability to build a coach's trust, because they brought him back, Busby could be here for a long time. You know.
2: Yeah, and that's that's really the value of versatility. And you mentioned building the trust, and and that's something that Schwartz said that they have in him. They, you know, they he said that they he has the confidence of the coaching staff, and he's someone that could have played for them last year, and going back to the owners meetings when Doug Peterson was asked about players that he felt would step up, Bosby was one of the guys that he mentioned. And a lot of people have to have to realize that Bosby goes back to the Kansas City days with, with, with Doug Peterson. You know, when Peterson was the O C Bosby, that was his six that was his rookie year. Right. So you're looking at a guy who who's coming into his fourth year. He's finally comfortable and remember He's gone from a Division II school to the NFL. And he bounced, you know, he bounced from Kansas City to Chicago and then to here. Didn't get that full season with, with them as far as in the offseason, going through the phases of the offseason and into training camp. So he's beginning to be more comfortable and you're starting to see his athleticism show. Coming out of Pittsburgh State, he was an outstanding player. Uh, just looking at his what he was able to do on the field. And it, as well as just you know, in testing, uh, over 40 inch vertical. You know, he's a four three guy, so all of that is there. He is six one, one seventy seven, one eighty five. So, you know, uh, playing inside might be a little difficult for him, just in that that physical side of things is is is, is something that
3: that gets turned up when you go inside, well, I and uh, uh, I was kind of hesitant, hesitant having uh, Jones in there, Sydney in there, yeah. you know, because it's, it's it's real in there. There's live bullets in there, man, and when you got to a three hundred pound line but come around that corner man this you know this is you know, you get, you, you know, get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. But, you know, he, I, I feel as though he got a little tenacity with him, a little toughness in him. And, and they, if they believe in him, I got to see what he's got to do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You'll see it. And that's, uh, Schwartz said, you know, you'll see his competitiveness in training camps. So definitely 33 is a guy to watch for as we get later in the summer. Now, another guy that, that I wanted to mention, and, and this is, you know, off topic from the, the offensive and defensive coordinator side of things, is Aziz too. And he's someone to D tackle slash DN out of Stanford. He and Destiny Vial they came in together in 2016, and I, he this was the one he wore number 61. And you saw them working with that
3: third team, and they were
2: wrecking well, havoc. That's
3: right, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah, um, he he's unique in an aspect. He's one of those 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 quick jerking type of guys. Mm-hmm. Like he gets up the field and gets it going. You know. I just didn't know if he, he had the right size, to, you know, to be where they where they wanted him to be, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because he's under a, 300 pounds. Exactly. So when you're playing that three technique, man, you got to move the crowd. Man, it's tough being in there. You're not 300 pounds, you know what I mean?
2: The good thing for him is, as you mentioned, that that quick jerk, the ability to get upfield quickly, which obviously plays hand-in-hand hand with what Schwartz wants his defensive lineman to do. Now, in watching shit, too, at Stanford, and actually his last game, he dominated. Uh, I I forget who they played. You know, we're talking about, you know, (laughs) December 2016. But I remember watching him dominate and then watching him at East West Shrine Week. And he's a guy that stood out to me the whole time. And seeing him come to Philadelphia, that was just a further uh, opportunity to watch him. Now, last year, he wasn't around because of uh, a knee injury. It was a freak accident. And they still saw enough in him to keep him around, and he rehabbed at the Novacare Complex, etc. But in watching him in practice, one of the things, that, and I know Matt Pryor is a guy that that, that you've talked to
3: extensively, and, and you've kind of taken to him. Yeah, that's a you know he, he's a you know from 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 down there in Texas, you know TCU. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a guard, has the size of a tackle, but he's a guard, you know. And you know they like him a lot. They draft him, so they like him a lot. I tell you. They're not in pads, so you can't really get a, a
2: full understanding of, of how they'll be. But you talk about violent hands, you talk about getting a punch. Man, let me tell you, <laughs> there were about three straight reps. I was like, whoa, look at this shit too. Because the first one, he just, you know, came off the line and got a couple punches in there and just kind of turned prior, like, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder like this, mm-hmm. you, you know. And then the, the next rep. He got in there and, and he got off the line and he just got a, a a two-hand punch, you know, hit him right there on the numbers and just bounced him back. and And, and coach had to blow the whistle and stop the play. Stephen Means was coming from the outside too, and it happened again uh, on the next play. So you had a guy who was able to come out there and and wreck the play, you know, disrupt it, not allow it to to be executed. Uh, he and Stephen Means. So that was good to see. I'm not sure how I, – when I did my roster projection, my way too early one, I had him as, as a wild card. I'm not sure if he's going to make the roster or not. Uh, there's an opportunity with Jernigan being out, and who knows what's going to happen with Elijah Qualls. And, and he and Destiny were on the same wavelength back when he was healthy in 16. So we'll see what happens there. But yet another example of a guy who could – Offer that versatility because he's someone else that you could put on the outside and he could rush off the edge. So that's yet another person. I mean, you're looking at at this roster. It seems like they're so full
3: of guys who could who could bounce all over the place. No question, you know. And also, I man, just looking at what's going on, man. I, another guy that's like a a hybrid type of guy that you know is is Corey, You know, um, uh, Cory Corey Nelson. Yeah, I really believe that they want him to play. Regular defense. They brought him in to play regular defense, knowing that they weren't going to keep, you know, Kendricks there, you know, much longer. And you know, Nathan, Nathan Jerry, uh-huh. at this point, he's a safety that, you know, he's he's finally starting to get in his head and it's starting to click that he's a linebacker. Uh-huh. Both guys on a smaller type of a, uh, you know, linebacking core. But both guys, both guys can run, and they could play in nickel situations. And, you know, Gouget Hill's also a guy that's small. And it's, so it's not just like these guys are, you know, different because all three of them fit the same body style because okay. they're smaller linebackers that can run. I mean, I think they're trying to get away from the, the real linebackers. You know, there's nobody going to – none of those guys will go out there and be like, you know, Jeremiah Trotter, the X-Man <laughs> the going there. 260, you know, LeVon yeah, Kirkland, you know, come, those coming yeah, downhill. Yeah. But they're guys that can run and make plays. Uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage on blitzing situations or drop back into coverage and really cover not just running backs and tight ends but, you know, be out there on receivers and be able to run with them because they played out there before. It's almost like Tony Dungy
2: has done right. more than yes. just come here for those couple games during during the playoffs because that's, right. you have a bunch of – now, understand me. I'm not comparing these guys and saying they're as great as Derek Brooks. But you have a bunch of run-and-hit type of guys like a Derrick Brooks. Just like, yeah, like.
3: Derrick Brooks started out of safety, moved him into linebacker, you know, and, and that's what they did at Florida State for a long time. They, defensive linemen were, were linebackers that they put the hand mm-hmm. on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. safeties were, were linebackers. Yeah, you know, everything. cornerbacks were safeties. Yeah. And then all the – all the all the cornerbacks were just track guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That speed, speed kills. If you look at the way the league is going, there's so much eleven personnel. That's one mm-hmm. tight end, one running back. So many three receiver. You know. Personnel packages. Did you have to have guys that can run, that can play multi positions, that can go out there and if they get caught with their pants down, come up and fill on the run? But if a tight end splits out there, they can walk out on them and be able to play with them. You need guys like that, and I think that's the trend of work and where the league is going right now. I don't see any of the big linebackers anymore because you got to be yeah. able to run. You know, well, we talked about earlier the
2: the ability to walk a Dallas Goddard or more importantly a, a Zach Ertz out. Wide right. and, and get that matchup. That's a perfect example. And when you look at that, another thing that really stands out to me about the, this Eagles secondary, we talked about Bosby last week. We talked about Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills, or someone else. Malcolm, we we've exhausted he's the made big a, nickel yeah, yeah. side of things. <laughs> he's, you know, he's,
3: he's made a living out of it. You know?
2: Exactly. And then, so when you look at, I mean, the season opener, right? You got you got Julio Jones. He's a guy they like to move inside and and let him work from the inside. Well, I tell you what. You can't have Avanti Maddox on him. You can't have Sidney Jones on him. You can't have Devontae Bosby on him. You need someone who's going to be able to Get involved in that physical play and actually try to disrupt him off of the line, and that's why a guy like Jalen Mills comes in. So I like even the the being multiple, the being able to create those matchups. It works on the opposite side, on
3: the defensive side of things, because it allows you to keep teams from being able to do that. Exactly, multidimensional. You know, we don't even. I, I never see regular defense anymore. Three linebackers, you know, four down linebackers. because they don't have them in the box. That over under fronts, you know, or or with linebackers now um, being a part of the the blitzing more so than the defensive line. And we all know how they make their money here. They rush the Mm pass. That's all they want to do, heat up the – and when you heat up that quarterback, it makes everything on the back end look even better. And I think that's what direction they're going. They want guys to be able to get out there and cover and fill gaps when they need to fill gaps. And you have to be – a guy with some decent athletic talent, you know, if not above average defensive talent, to be a linebacker on this team. Yeah, you have to you have to be above average as an athlete because
2: you have to be able to cover. You have to be able to, you know, blitz off off of the edge as well. So that's an excellent point. And, and when you look at some of the linebackers on the team, you, you mentioned Grugia Hill, you, you mentioned Nate Jerry, and he's someone that when we got to watch practice – you see him a little more involved. He was on the field a lot. Jordan Hicks didn't get as much work. And I, it, it's, it's just it's something that I if, – if I had something riding on the Eagles' success, I would be concerned about Jordan Hicks because, I mean, he didn't really do much in 7-on-7 in, in seven seven and team period. And when I say he didn't do much, I mean he wasn't really on the field. Now I don't know if that's a matter of trying to get Nate Jerry more reps, get Corey Nelson some more reps, or if that's a matter of they gotta you know rest the Achilles, or they just but, trust him enough that he'll be okay. And 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 for me, I don't know that I could just do that. No. Like, I, I would want him. I want my guys to get as much work as possible, especially a guy who has not worked since what week week six, yeah. week seven. Yeah, yeah. you so know, ever since the what was the the Panther game.
0: The the, the Redskins, the, 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 game. the game after that. Yeah. Yeah, because
2: yeah. the Panther game, that's when Kendricks had 17 tackle tackles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then the next <laughs> game, he didn't play because he had the hamstring. And that's the game that uh, old boy went down, Jordan Hicks. Uh, Bradham was another one that they talked about a little bit. Schwartz had mentioned how – he wants him to start finishing plays. And I think that's something, you know, you sign this contract. It wasn't really the best contract. We won't get into that. But still, he's going to get paid a, a good amount of money, at least this year. You got to take it to the next level. You
3: know, you get paid to play, man. And, you, and right now, get, expectations are pretty high on him, you know, they acquiring his services, you know, cuz I really thought that he was going to be out of here. But, yeah, me too. I mean, he put the he, he banked on him being able to go out there and play consistently and and, and really make it happen. And if he does do, if he does that, he'll be okay, you know, he'll be able to make some money in this contract, but there's so many clauses in this contract that he has to live up to that, you know, it might be tough, you know, getting into later years of that contract, you know, second or third, I mean, third and fourth year, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So he understands that, so he's going to make it happen. Causing those turnovers. He has to,
2: to take those PBUs and turn them into interceptions. Yeah. That's really the bottom line. Yeah. So that's pretty much uh, what we needed to go over today. Next week we have OTAs once again in the middle of it probably a white house visit we'll see how that whole thing goes that's a can of worms we're not going to open so (laughs) we'll leave that one alone we'll see what happens but fellas ladies too, continue tuning in we're back we're going to keep giving you this content we appreciate you tuning in be sure to follow us on twitter at t davenport underscore nfl at b brooks 72 nbcs and that's your show we'll talk to you next week